It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Monday, April 13th, 2020 is the year. I am your host, Will Hunter, joined by my still trying to make sense of that Jim Harbaugh interview co-host, Matt Sheehan. I'm just trying to make sense of life right now, man. <laughs> like, I, I knew that I was in a dark place this quarantine. When I just read excerpts from the interview and it didn't even phase me, I wasn't even really taken aback by it. I was like, okay, th- fine, whatever. It's, this is just life now. Matt, what's up? No, not a lot, man. Just enjoying this fine end to the weekend, I think. Yeah, it is Sunday, yes. So, uh, yeah. living life. Well, how are you doing? I'm good. Um, did you have a nice video chat session with your family over Easter like everyone else in the world did? Uh, two hours on the nose, Will. <laughs> yes. Yes, we certainly did. It started off a little rocky, uh, a little rockier than landing the Apollo on the moon, I would imagine. But dang mm. it, you know what? Roughly 20 minutes into it, we were cruising on all cylinders, baby. <laughs> Crystal clear communication. <laughs> How many grandparents were just so frustrated yesterday having their grandchildren try to explain to them how to join a zoom call or a facetime or a facebook video chat how many grandparents were just losing their damn minds over the weekend about like not being able to figure this out 10 out of every 10 grandparents that were involved (laughs) in that mess and that might be even somehow a low number it's a uh, silver line. You got to find silver linings. Like that's a f- new funny experience for all of us. Yeah. I'll tell Gram- you what the, grandma the, the, cursed because she couldn't figure out the zoom call. And there is no greater sense of accomplishment than like when finally everything gets rolling. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you have remotely connected an older family member onto a zoom call successfully. Like what? Wow. <laughs> wow. You, you can command the next SpaceX mission if you wanted to. It is just a sensational feeling of accomplishment. Uh, have you ever seen the movie karate kid? Of course not. Well, please. Okay. Well, yeah. I you know the up? anecdote uh, about like just catching a fly with chopsticks. Yeah, there, I, yeah, you, I do know that. Yeah. You get the, okay. It was like <laughs> in the Karate Kid. If you can catch a fly with chopsticks, a man who can do that can do anything. Yeah. Kind of the the thing. So mm-hmm. if you can set up your grandma on a Zoom call, you can do anything. You absolutely hundred percent can. <laughs> I, you should get an IT diploma from your nearest college <laughs> once you connect that yes regardless of whether they have an it program or what the college is like if Correct. you live in cambridge mass you're getting a mm-hmm. harvard degree <laughs> yep, in it yep um on today's show we are going to talk with the athletics colton pouncey about his fan survey um really interesting look into into the uh the mindset of fans he asked a bunch of really good questions we go through uh, a ton of it for, um, you know, like 15, 20 minutes. And Matt, at one point, goes on a rant about... How, <laughs> how good things are, actually. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's not a negative rant. That, that's no, it's the a thing. good rant. That's a, yeah, I was like, is rant... I got caught up. It was like, is rant the right word? Uh, about tailgating. I, I so. was shouting. Yeah. Yeah. So Colton that'll asked be... a very, like, legitimate question very nicely, and I just let it get away from me. So apologies in advance. <laughs> Um, for for the the passion there, yes, it's a it's a lesson learned for all of us. So that'll be coming up in a second. Uh, first, we're going to talk about the latest commitment to Michigan State football from uh, a recruit. Oh, uh, 
Ah. Don't get me started, Will. Oh, ah. the, the humanity. The humanity. Uh, reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcast. We do this every single day, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And in segment three today, we will have a special NFL mock draft segment from the Locked On NFL show. Uh, it's been going on, or it's going to be going on all week, and we're going to play one segment for you here uh, in segment three of today's show as well. So that'll close us up, Matt. Boom. Yes, Will. Let's talk about Gabe Neely. Oh, you start because I'm just so irate that I can't even speak right now, Will. <laughs> oh. Um. Yeah. So Neely was someone who I, I honestly I don't know a ton about his recruitment or whatever it is. Uh, maybe he just hit it off with Mel Tucker immediately. Um, maybe he's always loved Michigan State from afar. There was something about his recruitment. Maybe um, you know, maybe he had been in contact with Harlan Barnett when he was down in mm-hmm. Florida. It was strange to see a, a prospect from Miami um, with a Miami offer and other offers, which we'll talk about be just so dead set on going to Michigan State. Um, And that's what you got in Neely, a 6'4", 175-pound defensive back from Gulliver Prep in Miami, Florida, Um, pulling him from all the way down there, all the way up here to East Lansing. Um, He's a three-star recruit, 85-ish overall in the prospect um, ranking. And then... um, is 959th in the country in the 24-7 composite ranking, which, Matt. Will. We've talked about that number. It's a fine number, yeah. And we've talked about uh, how you have to be discerning and look deeper into things. This uh, this commitment ruffled some feathers, I'll say. Uh, do you want to kind of lay out what happened after he announced his pledge so, to Michigan yeah, State? And I, I want to be clear. So, you know, Will and I are, are Twitter's men. We are on that god-awful website app that we just can't stay off. Now, I will say it, it was kind of a small percentage of, of people. It wasn't the overwhelming majority. I would say the majority of people were pretty jazzed about this. However, mm-hmm. still a minority that, oh my god, we have to talk about. We're in the middle of a... Oh, I almost got myself swearing. We're in the middle of a quarantine. We're in the middle of a quarantine. World shut down. Mel Tucker just got here. Guys, I love Michigan State as much as you do. I can also admit that it's kind of a program on the mend. We're not Ohio State. We can't just land five-star athletes without any visits. Just getting any commit. We're not Purdue. (laughs) We're not Indiana. They're out recruiting us right now. It's going to be a building process. Mm -hmm. The building process is even set back a little more when you can't visit anywhere in the world. One of those places being East Lansing, Michigan. So, Gabe Neely commits, and just from the minority, a wave of meh. Just meh. meh. How are you looking at a 6'4 <laughs> safety out of Miami, Florida, and saying meh? <laughs> like, okay, I get it, fine, three-star, whatever. Let's say this is just a ceiling play. We are just going to hope that we're going to take a flyer on this kid and he grows into his body and becomes a great player. How is that not worth it? How is that not worth a commitment? How is that not worth celebrating? That's a great landing. Then again, well, it's not like he had any offers from any programs on the rise, like, I don't know, Kentucky or Minnesota. Or Could you imagine if he had <laughs> if he had an offer from Miami and spurned them for Michigan State? Oh, man. That, oh, wait. That's precisely what happened. God, people. Mel... 
Mel Tucker and, and co. Yeah. Went into Miami. Right in the Miami. The Sunshine State. Fantastic. Fantastic area of the Without country. any access to have the kid come to campus. He's Gabe Neely's never been to East Lansing. Uh, he was virtually at 2 p.m. on Saturday, roughly. He had a virtual visit. Mm-hmm. They got that kid with offers what? from... Yeah. Georgia Tech. These are. I'm just going to go through the Power Five. Not even like sure. Cincinnati and uh, you know F, all the Florida schools and different other schools. He's got. A, he's got 20 offers. Mm-hmm. Georgia Tech, Kentucky, Louisville, Miami, Minnesota, Nebraska, Pittsburgh, Rutgers. Not a murderer's row, but not an embarrassing like. Wow, this player can't play at all. Right. Sure. That's yeah. a pretty decent uh, offer sheet. Right. Yeah. During a pandemic, quarantine. Go into Miami, pull the kid out from Miami with a Miami offer, with a bunch of other pretty good offers, and you're just like, meh. Like, it's a that's a miracle. I don't care he's, if he's the 900th best player. I don't care that he's a three-star with an 85-ish rating, just, you know, a solid power five depth recruit. I don't care that that's what the the numbers say in terms of his rankings. I don't care. I'm looking beyond that. I'm looking at his measurables, where he's from, who has offered him, who he's been recruited by, and how he came about the process of picking Michigan State. Like, that's just a hell of a recruiting job. It's not, no, he's not the greatest prospect in the history of prospects. Regardless, it's a hell of a job to sell the program to that kid, to make him choose Michigan State over all those schools. During a pandemic without seeing the, the freaking school, without stepping uh, foot on campus. 2, 2 p.m. virtual tour of East Lansing, 3 p.m. commitment. An hour-long virtual tour of a place that is quite a bit away from Miami, Florida. Commitment. I, Do you I, think we're just, just like, going to sit here and act like it's not a good recruit? Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> Did you think? Do you think that you just use like Google Maps and Street View and like, all right, now click up here and this yep. is nope, this that's, is where cr- this that's, is crunchies that's farm, not, and, not Vogue. Uh, yep, no, no, no. Now you're on Mac. Okay, you got to back it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> all right, see these streets here. You got two hours parking here. What's going <laughs> to yeah, happen is right. Pace. You're going to learn about Pace. Pace is going to come around. They're going to mark your tire, and if they come back mm-hmm. two hours later and you're still there, you're getting a ticket. So you got to make sure if you park there and you got a mark on your tire, go wipe that mark off. It's a little bit of chalk. <laughs> Just wipe it off, and then they'll come back around and remark your car in two hours. You're good. And and a virtual tour. Wow, it just took 90 seconds. All we had to do was just show the kid a Pace car, give him the heads up, and bang, committed. All right. Yeah. That's Sensational. Ridiculous. All right, we went too long here. We're supposed to God. talk to Colton. I don't know how this is going to work out. We're going to play at least half of the Colton Pouncey interview, hopefully the full thing. I'm going to try to work around it and see what we can do. But we're going to go to a break here. When we come back, we will be joined by Colton Pouncey from The Athletic to talk about his fan survey. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, we are super excited to be joined now by Colton Pouncey of The Athletic. It's been a long time since Colton's been on the show. 
Um, it's kind of crazy. Colton came on the podcast a couple of times back in the day, and then all of a sudden he's got his own podcast, uh, Green and White Noise, that he hosts with Chris Vanini. Uh, they do a really good job, uh, you know, during the football season predominantly, but have been, you know, throwing some episodes out there as well. Colton, how are you doing? Thanks so much for uh, making some time for us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, doing good, uh, staying inside. Uh, it's it's been rough, but you know, I think it's the best thing for everyone right now. But yeah, just trying to wait for that light at the end of the tunnel right now. For sure. Um, is it true that uh, your podcast name came from one Matt Sheehan? That's absolutely true. Yeah, it's true. I threw it out on Twitter. <laughs> we could not think of a name for the life of us, and I was like, all right, I'm just gonna throw it out on Twitter, see what we get. Matt tossed out like five or six good options that I just yeah. put on our Slack channel. Like, we got to pick one of these. And uh, yeah, we ended up going with Green and White Noise. So appreciate it. Thank you for that. My man. No, th- thank you for taking it. <laughs> I, feel Matt, very, I feel very special. Matt is rarely, very rarely, but occasionally good for something sometimes. So, yeah, like once to, every three months, I'm good for something. Yeah. Way so. to go, Matt. Um, thank you. Yeah. We've got Colton on here because he re- did a really cool thing uh, with The Athletic, uh, not surprising. Uh, Michigan State Football Fan Survey just asked a bunch of different questions. Um, you guys, the fans, answered. Matt, uh, you and I did it as well, subscribing yeah, yes. to The Athletic. We filled it out as well. Uh, and so we're going to talk about some of the uh, more interesting things that came out of that uh, with Colton. Uh, real quick, People can find uh, this at the Athletics, Colton Pouncey. Um, what sort of deals do you guys have going on right now? There's got to be one, right? Yeah, you know, something that started a couple of weeks ago, and it's a really cool thing that I'm glad that we're doing right now, is uh, we have like a free 90-day trial. Um, so you can sign up for three months to kind of test us out. And if you like it, hopefully you keep subscribing. If not, we understand if you want to, you know, cut that subscription. But we hope that you stick around. But yeah, free 90-day trial right now. Basically, if you're not a subscriber, you can just click any story link and it'll lead you there. So, yeah, yeah. pretty good deal per- going on right now. Perfect time to uh, give it a shot and read this survey if you are so intrigued. So you asked a ton of questions of the fans, got a ton of interesting answers, um, really, you know, from player specific, program specific and everything in between. What was the most interesting piece of data that you got from this survey for you? Yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting points. I think it was like close to 24 or 25 questions that I threw up there. Um, you know, a couple of things, I guess, starting off, I kind of want the beginning of it to kind of wrap up the Mark Antonio era, um, kind of ask the question, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people talking about, you know, that era and, and if Mark Antonio kind of left Michigan State in a better place than he found it, which I thought was interesting because, you know, I wasn't around for the uh, John L. Smith era, but from my understanding, it wasn't that great. <laughs> And, not quite, you know, no. Dan, not, not, not that great. And I know D'Antonio obviously had a, you know, he's one of the most decorated coaches in program history, the all-time leader in wins. So I was curious why that was a debate. And I think the response came back, to, you know, basically how I figured it would it would go. You know, Mark D'Antonio, I believe 84.4% believe that he left the program in a better position than he found it. And I know the last couple of years were pretty rough, but, I mean, they're still making bowl games, seven wins. If that's your, your benchmark, then I think that's – pretty successful era in my opinion so I think that was kind of like spot on with what I was thinking um I, I would say the most interesting thing to me was the question I threw about throughout about the quarterbacks mm-hmm. and that was definitely one that I was looking forward to seeing the responses and I I asked two questions basically I just wanted to want to start that off who would be the starting quarterback when the 2020 season opens and 50 percent of people said Rocky Lombardi which you know 
he's a he's a he was D'Antonio's guy. I think if D'Antonio were around, it, Rocky wouldn't enter the season as a starter. Now with the new staff, it's kind of up in the air. I guess we'll we'll see about that at some point. But fifty percent of MSU fans believe that he'll be the starting quarterback when MSU opens the season. And then I asked who will end the season as Michigan State starting quarterback, and surprisingly, forty eight percent of people said Peyton Thorne followed by 36.9% with Theo Day and only 12.6% saying Rocky. So I thought that was probably the most interesting thing. I threw that out on Twitter just because I was like, yeah, I got, I got to see the reaction to this. So, um, so I think those two things probably stood out the most to me when I was doing the survey. And there was another question too I just want to directly pick your brain about, and it was which assistant hire intrigues you the most? And you had all the assistant coaches written down, obviously. Uh, some got pretty low scores. I mean, yeah, Ross L is getting 0% of the vote. That's probably not a shock, I don't think. That Special teams, are. baby, punt to win. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's cool, but it's it doesn't bring the, the sex appeal, if you will, of like a Coach Cap <laughs> right. or Scotty Hazleton, who were the two headliners with Coach Cap getting 36% of the vote and then Scotty Hazleton getting 30.2% percent of the vote is there any assistant coach on that list you think is kind of underrated from a fan's perspective or maybe someone that's a little underappreciated heading into this tenure yeah and I think he only got a couple of votes you know there were I think 596 or something total and I was listed by percentage I probably should have done actual votes but William Piegler like I know a lot of fans didn't really know who he was I think he was some he was like an offensive quality control coach um at Colorado and now he's the running backs coach but everyone I've talked to says this guy's kind of like a rising coach you know he's young I believe he's only 34 years old he's gonna he's gonna recruit the running back position and that's what I've been told by a couple assistants and you know guys on that Michigan State staff that believe that he's going to just get at it and get after it in, in recruiting and I think we've already seen that a little bit um, but people are excited about him. He's a young guy and I think he's energetic. Uh, he's got that passion and, and youthfulness that, you know, MSU staff, it's a lot of new guys, but they are kind of older and more experienced. And I think it's nice to have a blend of, of a youthful voice. And I mean, the things that he was doing at, when he was at Georgia, he was leading, you know, these talks on recruiting practices and things like that. So he's got a great understanding and a great knowledge of every aspect of recruiting and he knows the offensive line and run game pretty well. So I think he was kind of an underrated hire just because people didn't really know who he was, but I think he'll end up doing pretty well here. You also asked uh, fans, which aspect of the Mel Tucker hire intrigues you the most? Now, uh, overwhelmingly, I would say most of the fans, um, quick math here, 82.6% either liked or loved the Mel Tucker hire, a handful wait and see, and there were very few responses that didn't like the actual hire. Um, but then you followed that up with which aspect of the Mel Tucker hire intrigues you the most. And recruiting emphasis came in at 57%. Large assistant pool, new coaches came in at 38%. And then uh, increased social media presence was at 2.7%. You also had some write-in uh, answers there. What do you think is the biggest difference that you've seen so far with recruiting? What have you heard from whether it's fans, coaches, people around the program as it relates to recruiting, what's the biggest difference you've seen in the the first month of the Mel Tucker era? You know, I so I threw out increased social media presence, but I think that kind of goes hand in hand with recruiting. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have paid attention, but like the graphics that MSU is putting out now are kind of phenomenal. Like, oh, yes. Yeah. 
you know, the, the Spartan dogs one with, you know, recruits sitting on the chair. I thought that one was really great. I think Fire. Virginia tech, some fan might've <laughs> stolen it. Yeah. And tried That's to the thing. We're not going to get into it. We're not going to get into it. Okay. Understood. Um, it was a thing. It I think was a whole thing. That, yeah. I, I kind of followed that up on Twitter, but not much, but I get, we can leave it alone. Um, <laughs> but you know, I did see, you know, the recruiting profile, like graphics on Twitter, you know, you guys saw the full house TikTok, like MSU football is on TikTok yeah. now. So uh-huh. that's the thing. That's something that never would have happened. Can you imagine like Jim Bullman doing that? Full house <laughs> I never thought about that actually. No. <laughs> There's no way that would have happened. So, and I, you know, recruits see that and they like it. And I yeah. think all of that goes hand in hand. So recruiting, I wasn't surprised to see that being number one, but I think a lot of people are happy to see some engagement on Twitter. You know, Mel Tucker did that Q and a a couple of weeks ago when it's answering questions and he has a new, you know, motivation Mondays and things like that. So he's trying to plan something out every day of the week. And, you know, I have my tweet notifications on for Mark Antonio. And I think, you know, I would get a notification like once a month maybe. And it was mm-hmm. just like a retweet or something. So with Tucker's, I have his on too. And now it's something like every 20 minutes that he's tweeting or retweeting something. So yeah, I mean, I think that social media goes hand in hand with recruiting. And I think that's something that a lot of fans are happy to see. And to set up this next question first, I just have to thank you for doing this in the first place, this whole survey, because obviously there's a lot of boredom during the quarantine. And this <laughs> ate up about 20 to 25 minutes of the quarantine. And I had a great time filling it out. Although this leads to the question, I spent about eight of those minutes staring at the question, which position group do you feel the strongest about heading into 2020? Because, my God, that was a tough one to answer. Uh, Quarterbacks tight end scored the lowest, 0.3%. Wide receivers highest, 27.6%. Were were you surprised at any that got a low score or a high score? Or was there anything else that really stuck out to you with that question? Because, God, that was so tough. Yeah, so I had the the ability to kind of see the results as they were coming in live. So it was funny, for for a long time, running backs were leading that question. And I think somehow like late, the final day I had the pull up wide receivers overtook that with like a late surge. And I, not that I'm surprised by that, because I think that if you look at the wide receiver position, there's a lot to like, you know, Jalen Naylor, he's got speed. They call him speedy Naylor. Everyone knows that, but he's a, he's a great athlete. You know, he's been underutilized just because he's been injured and out of the lineup. But I think, you saw what he can do a little bit in that pinstripe bowl when he's on the field. He makes a difference with the speed, and defenses have to kind of plan around that. Um, and MSU missed that last year when he was out. Um, and obviously, Jaden Reed, you know, a lot of people have talked about him. I think the coaches, coaching staff, you know, D'Antonio staff was excited about him, and they were eager to get him on the field, but he obviously had to wait some time. But, you know, he's kind of a d- dynamic athlete as well. You know, he was a great punt returner at Western Michigan, a freshman All American receiver. Um, so you had those two guys. I think you feel pretty good about the, re- the receiver position. And I think that's what MSU fans were looking at when they kind of picked this poll. At the same time, you know, this is a position group that loses two out of its three leading receivers. I think if you include Matt Seibert at the tight end, you know, that's your three leading receivers are no longer around. So I think mm-hmm. there's a little bit of pushback, a little bit of pause, but in terms of, you know, what you see on paper, I think that's, that's why wide receiver won this poll. You got a lot of questions in here that are um, open for like write-in responses, right? Uh, there's a lot of them that, yeah. you know, click, sp- click specific things, but a lot of chances for write-ins too. Um, just if you, is there any question, any response from any of the write-ins that stuck out to you, whether it was interesting, funny, or just kind of caught you off guard? Cause you know, you kind of, filter things out here and like you got to get a certain amount of votes it's like the the family feud you got to have at least a couple people 
for it to be included. Um, basically, yeah. what I'm asking is, why didn't you include all the times I mentioned Sheehan in my answers? <laughs> I knew you were going to get to that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many times you put him. I definitely noticed his name a couple times. I think you weren't the only person to put him. That's the yes. thing. I saw his name at least twice. I did no so, promotion for that either. I was going to be like, <laughs> fill this out, get Sheehan on the athletic. But I was like, maybe I'll just have enough juice myself to just put one in there and one vote, Matt Sheehan. This is the first time I'm hearing about this. <laughs> I know. I know. I, that's why. I was dangerously close. So the I saw you twice for who was your favorite Michigan State player ever. Yes. yes. <laughs> that's nice. Um, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I had one tackle for varsity in high school. Yeah. That's. <laughs> I was dangerously close to adding that at the bottom, but, you know, my word count was getting a little high. It was already a <laughs> thousand. So, uh, but that, that, was, that was hilarious. I was, I was laughing when I saw that. I did. I did really enjoy though that you included Cassius Winston just in, as a quick shout out after that because it was like we met football players, but a few of you put Cassius Winston, and we'll allow it. Um, I assume, what was, I assume people would get that like that it was a football poll, so right, your favorite football player. But I saw a couple of a couple for Cassius and a couple for Draymond Green. So there you go. Love there it. you go. Okay, they, those two guys deserve a couple of votes, even in a football poll. I mean, Draymond shoot, suited up for a spring game like seven years ago. Oh, so yeah. it, it counts. Um, last uh, thing from here, just like what's your biggest takeaway from the fan survey as how the fans are feeling right now? It seems like there's a good dose of reality. Like, yeah, things aren't great right now, but we kind of feel okay. Is that kind of the vibe that you're getting like, there seems like maybe there's a light down the road at the end of the tunnel in a couple of years. We like where we're at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the first question I, I put, one of the first questions I put out there was how would you rate the health of Michigan State's football program? And the overwhelming majority was a three, which means, mm-hmm. you know, average. We're, you know, we're okay. We're, we're not terrible. We're not great. But we're okay. And you know, one of the other questions I threw out there was how many games will Michigan State win in 2020? And the, the winner for that one was four to six. So, yeah, again, yeah, it's year one with the new staff. You know, obviously this virus is kind of, you know, college staffs are affected everywhere across the country right now. But, you know, when you think about Michigan State and Mel Tucker coming in February 12th, not having spring, you know, that's going to affect some things and might, you know, slow the development in year one. But, you know, I, then I, later on the poll, I asked, will Mel Tucker win a Big Ten championship at Michigan State? Close to 80% of people said yes. So there's a lot of confidence there. And then I also asked how long will it take for him to win one? And most people said three to four years, which, I mean, that's pretty quick when you consider, you know, where the program is right now, you know, it might mm-hmm. be, we just mentioned it might be four to six wins this year and the schedule's pretty tough. So that's going to be tough to kind of get anything more than that, in my opinion. But um, three to four years, you know, Ohio State is probably the healthiest it's ever been in, in program history. Um, you know, they're going to, they're recruiting at a level where they, they're going to get a top, two or three class, they're number one right now. It might be one of the mm-hmm. best of all time that they're putting together as we speak. Um, you know, Penn State's, you know, they just took a couple kids from Detroit, four-star guys. So they're still recruiting at a level that's going to allow them to get double-digit wins every year and, and, and Michigan too. So I think it's, it, it's going to be tough um, to kind of turn the program around maybe as quickly. That was one thing that I – maybe five years, I would say, if, if Mel Tucker's going to win one. But – I think that shows that people are optimistic and people have a lot of confidence that Mel Tucker can get this program going in the right direction and do it quickly. And a lot of standards that D'Antonio brought with him. Uh, Matt, go ahead. If Do you have another question? 
Yeah, just the last one, because this was so uh, fan centric about the game day experience. And if people can change it, mm-hmm. anything about it, what would it be? Did you get any creative write-ins for that one? Or were the bulk of them just the old, oh, they should let you do literally anything during the tailgates, like murder people and X and O and everything <laughs> like that? Because I, uh, no, I'll, I'll save the rant for another day. I think the tailgate experience is fine at state. But anyway, sorry, back to the question. Did you get any like write-ins that really stuck out to you for that question? I don't know. I think some people kind of misunderstood the question because a lot of people just said, I wish I could go to games, but I live away, like away <laughs> okay. from <Spartan> Stadium. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. I mean, that's not really a game day problem. That's more like a personal life problem, but okay. <laughs> um, but I, I have a question for you guys. Cause like, I'm not yeah. really around tailgates. I've never been to an M2 tailgate. So like why, why, cause these answers kind of like intrigue me. So I'm just curious, like, why do you think people have a problem with the tailgating experience? So I, saw, I saw a lot of write-ins like, you know, fan friendly tailgate rules and you know what they've, time to open the last and things like that what do you guys know about that they've a couple big tailgating spots have in the last couple of years gone by the wayside um yeah. they just moved like mine yeah. moved to south of Brussels center it's yeah. just another 50 yards of walking people <laughs> like it's the same <laughs> thing there's just more trees around like i, I don't know everyone's <laughs> deal with mun field like were they handing out 50 dollars bills to everyone no Munfield was I, terrible. I know, that's the thing that drives i'm sorry to go on a right that's what drives me the craziest <laughs> don't look what you did about mun it's like oh we missed mun i'll never go back guys it's it's over a hundred yards away. Just park your car somewhere else and quit whining. Like the tailgate experience is fine at state. I know people want lots open at seven a.m. for eight p.m. kickoff games. Let's get out of fantasy world. That would cause bedlam at MSU. I know that it would be a great time. I love myself a good party too. But Jesus Christ, thirteen hours of tailgating is what you animals need. Oh my! God. Anyway. <laughs> No, I think it's fine. And I know I'm going to probably catch some heat for this because, oh, you weren't around in the olden days. No, I wasn't. But I'm here in these days and they're A-OK. I'm fine with seven hours of tailgating in a lot that's just 100 yards away from where Mun is. Oh, so, thank, <laughs> Mun, thank you for letting me get off that off my chest. I appreciate it. Mun used, no, to, be just, to, know, yeah. Mun used to be a giant lawless field of debauchery. Um, okay. when, I forget when they they, they changed it up. I don't know, was it like 10 years ago? Maybe not even that long ago. And then they installed the turf field for the band, which now made it like family center instead of like debauchery field. So that used to be the spot and it was chaos and everyone went there and got hammered and you were right next to the the stadium and it was that was the tailgating setup. And now it's spread out more, like Matt said. It's over by the Breslin and tennis courts are bigger now and, and there's different spots, but that's, that's where this all stems from is and, that, and that move out of shape about like the cops, like shutting down drinking games if they see any, okay, how about this? Just drink your beer like a normal person. Then like, we don't got to play flip cup every five <laughs> seconds. I, I love beer pong. I love flip cup. I love quarter. I love all these drinking games. I also just love standing around and just drinking beer. Just do that. Just try that for once. Oh my goodness. Gracious people. <laughs> Look at the can! Of, look at the can of worms you just had to open up. Oh, I'm just, I'm just sick of the complaint. I'm so sorry, Will. I'm sick of the complaining. It's just about recruiting, about tailgating. Like, God, get, don't you, like, isn't there anything serious you guys want to be upset about? Oh, so we have th- to do. Th- a- thank you for coming on for this therapy session, Colt. And oh, I appreciate yeah. it. That's we have to do yeah, a whole. Anytime. We have to do a whole other segment, and I got to reel him in once you get out of here. So thanks a lot for that. I appreciate it. 
I apologize. Um, <laughs> he's Colton Bouncy. Uh, find his work at The Athletic. Uh, they got that 90-day free trial going on right now. If you've been wondering if The Athletic is something that might be worth your time, check it out. You can't really do better than a free trial for three months. That's a, a solid thing. Matt and I both subscribe, so yep. and we always – talk about your stories and stuff like that. So, you know, where we stand green and white noise, the podcast, what are you guys doing? You're not doing any episodes right now. Are you, or are you just kind of sprinkling them in, like sprinkling them in here or there? Yeah, basically that we're kind of taking a pause for now, but we'll yeah. probably get back into it in a couple of weeks. Yeah. There, there you go. Green and white noise. You can find it wherever you get your podcast. Colton, thanks so much for joining us. We, uh, we really appreciate the time. Man. Yeah, thanks, and hope Colton. everything is uh, going good with the family and all that. And we, uh, Hopefully can catch up with you soon, East Lansing, for a football game. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. What we're going to do now is we're going to play a little bit of the uh, Locked On Podcast Network mock draft. If you want the whole mock draft, you're star for content right now, looking for things to listen to, Locked On NFL is where you go. This is the first segment of the Locked On NFL Network podcast uh, mock draft, and we'll do that here after this break. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. They've been playing the game their entire life. From the playground. I promise to exercise and eat right. Don't forget 60 minutes of play a day, right? I'm playing the NFL. Yes, sir. I'm drafting number one. Maybe. To their high school. Let's hear it, gentlemen. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Let's go play some football. Let's go. To the university. We have 95 players here. So accomplished as athletes in high school. We gave them full scholarships to the best football program in the country. Now, their lives are about to change forever. Become your mom's favorite player? Whoa. This is Locked On NFL, and this is the Locked On Podcast Network Mock Draft. Welcome to the 2020 Locked On NFL Mock Draft special. Brian Peacock here alongside... Former NFL scout Matt Williamson, we will take you through the first round plus in a network-wide mock draft. All 32 teams represented, even those without first-round picks. Hosts making picks for the teams they cover, our friends from the college side of the network with profiles on each one of these prospects that get selected in the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special, why they are considered worthy of first-round selections, and analysis from my co-host, Matt Williamson, as well as draft dudes Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, and the Locked On NFL Draft crew, Trevor Sikama and Ben Solak. If you're listening to this kickoff episode on a team-specific podcast, you can follow along all week, every pick throughout round one on the Locked On NFL channel, teams are talking trades, so you may not know exactly where your team ends up selecting. We'll conclude this draft next Friday, checking in with those teams in round two who didn't select in the opening stanza, some of which might jump into round one before it's all finished, and recapping everything that went down all week long. Matt, I'm pumped. Are you ready to do this thing? I'm very ready to do this thing. This is a very cool event. 
I think people will enjoy it. We've had so many new subscribers since last year that didn't get to enjoy it. So you're in for a treat. You're in for a wild ride and a really well put together whole situation here starting right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was one of the most popular. It was the most popular show on the NFL side of the network last year. And I expect it to be even bigger and better. And the way things are right now in the world and wherever you are listening to this podcast, I hope you are well. And I hope this is something fun for you to listen to all week long. Matt, as the Cincinnati Bengals go on the clock with the opening selection in the Locked On NFL mock draft, you've been through this. What are teams doing in preparation the final days and minutes leading up to the first pick for those specific teams? Well, this year, who the heck knows? I mean, <laughs> I'm sure that there's things like, you know, the, the, the electronics or the, or the IT people are coming to everyone's homes to make sure everything works, checking, double checking, doing all that kind of stuff. We mentioned before, you know, maybe you could run mock drafts in terms of let's try to just do a, a whole walkthrough, basically, of how this thing's going to work. If we're going to make a trade, who's in charge of calling this team, et cetera, et cetera. But honestly, in olden in the olden days and the not 2020 draft, most of the hay is in the barn really a day or two before the draft. I mean, you might be calling agents of your favorite people to make sure that prospects didn't fall down the stairs or that knee that you're worried about isn't <laughs> flaring up. But for the most part, things should be done a couple days before the draft. Let's check in with some of our analysts here on the network. We have a pair of NFL draft shows, draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs of the draft dudes podcast. And let me just tell you as a couple of draft dudes, we are really excited for this locked on podcast network draft simulation where each host is going to make the picks for their team and uh, I know it's not the real thing, but it's pretty damn close. And this draft promises to be very exciting with all the dynamics between the teams with multiple first round picks and all the quarterbacks. So, Kyle, uh, I'm sure you're just as excited as I am. Yeah, the big mystery here is from the quarterback perspective, how many can we get to go early? And then the other fascinating subplot is when does the offensive tackle run start and how fast does it go? Because there's generally considered to be four top offensive tackles. There's generally considered to be three top quarterbacks. Maybe a fourth with Jordan Love if he sneaks in there remains to be seen. And the order of all seven of those players who are feasibly top 12 talents coming off the board is going to be a really interesting scenario to see how it actually plays out here. I think just as interesting as the offensive tackle discussion is the wide receiver. Everybody knows this is a really deep and talented crop of receivers, but there's really exciting guys at the top of the board. You know, could we see six, seven, eight guys go off the board in the first round? When does that run start? And uh, who are those late first round guys that uh, teams that, you know, like the Packers or or like the Saints and Eagles and, and Vikings? Who do they get if they are a, a left kind of picking the later half of those top tier pro prospects? So uh, offensive tackles, quarterbacks, wide receivers, the NFL is a passing league. And you can tell that this um, this draft is going to really help these offenses be more dynamic. Yeah, it's a deep class, and we're going to have a lot of opportunities to see players that in a typical class are probably off the board by 20. They might be lingering here in the late first round, early second round. So lots to look forward to, lots to get into. Looking forward to see how these teams start their drafts. 
Hey everybody, Trevor Sykema and Benjamin Solak from the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast here with you. Excited to go on this journey of the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special. Ben, this is going to be a lot of fun. There's so many things that could happen in this mock draft. What are you looking forward to most? Yeah, it's always nice when you're able to get 32 guys, each of whom knows their team as well as the host in the Locked On Podcast Network do, and they can control for their pick. And then you have the freedom for things like trade negotiations as the pick comes off the board. You have the ability for surprises as each individual analyst focuses on their guys. I think, number one, we're not. it's not going to be a typical mock. It's not going to be like what we no, see definitely when not. only one person controls all 32 teams. There's going to be a lot more aggressive moves, so I expect to see – big trade-ups, I expect to see surprising picks, yep. and that's that's the reality with these. When you're controlling just that one team, you go and get your guy. That's what we see in the league. I guess that's what we'll be seeing in this mock as well. I'm really interested to see how the offensive tackles go here in the first round, because it's just the possibilities are endless. We saw that in our guest mock draft series that we're doing on our podcast, but I mean, what other positions are, are big ones? Quarterback, wide receiver, probably, right? Well, I think, yeah, I think that when you're making these sorts of picks and it's it's catered to your audience for your podcast, you're tempted sometimes to go for those sexier positions. And the sexy position in this draft is undoubtedly wide receiver. So to me, I'm really interested to see. We know the big three will come off the board and Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, and Henry Ruggs. Who's wide receiver four? Who's wide receiver five? And just how many can we fit in this first round? Ooh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Ben and I are going to be back with you recapping a lot of these picks throughout the mock draft. I'm very excited, so let's get it started. Okay, Matt, we're here. The Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. Is there any doubt what the Bengals should do here? They earned the right through their poor play in the 2019 season to be drafting number one overall on everybody's list. It seems to be the same name, the same prospect that should go first overall. If their phone is ringing, should they even be answering it, or do they know who the pick will be with the first overall selection in this draft? I mean, you answer it, and if someone offers you a godfather-like offer, you consider it, and you still might not even say yes. I mean, I think Burrow is the super prospect. He would go first in almost every draft, you know, nine out of ten years. That's a gift, and the Bengals need it. He's an Ohio guy. They need to sell tickets. They need to sell jerseys. The offense that he falls into isn't in that bad a shape as first overall selections go. So I think it's kind of too good to be true. All right, with that, this draft is underway. Let's go to the hosts of Locked on Bengals and get the pick for Cincinnati, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. With the first overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Cincinnati Bengals easily... And without second thought, select Joe Burrow. In fact, Joe, we received no calls in the war room for the number one pick. I guess everyone just knows not to ask. And I don't think we would have considered any offers anyway. So we make this pick. This pick has really been made since maybe late December when the Bengals lost to the Miami Dolphins in week 16 of the regular season and clinched their first overall pick. Joe Burrow went on a tear in the playoffs after that. And the Bengals will finally get a franchise quarterback. First time they've drafted number one since 2003 when they drafted Carson Palmer out of USC. They're in that position again. The roster has been turned over on the defensive side through free agency. And I think they're looking at this squarely of saying our Super Bowl window opens again if we draft Joe Burrow number one in 2020. That's right. The Bengals don't just spend money to spend money. This is a strategic injection of funds into the defense to make themselves competitive while they have Joe Burrow on his rookie deal for five years. 
He's, of course, expected to come in and be a day one starter in Cincinnati. Andy Dalton is still on the roster, but will not be on the roster by the time training camp comes around. He might not even be on the roster by the time the draft is finished. We are looking openly to trade Andy Dalton for whatever assets we can recover. And if that doesn't work out, he'll be cut before Joe Burrow shows up for rookie camp or for the first offseason activity that we're allowed to hold with these rookies this summer. Joe, how much better does Joe Burrow make this team? Well, the quarterback is the most important position, and I think we're looking at a guy coming off a historic college football season that many have said is the best passing performance throughout a whole season in the history of college football. What does he do better than Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton has been the Mendoza line for starting quarterbacks in the league for a long time, and I feel like all of the skills you look for typically when you look at college quarterbacks, usually they are the big guys with the strong arms going near the top, and you say, can they function in the pocket? Do they have accuracy? How's their IQ? How's their processing? Uh, How do they do off script? All the questions you normally go into tape asking with Joe Burrow, those are all the answers you have with him based on tape and based on what he showed this past year. All those things are not in question. He has them in spades. It's the arm strength, right? That's the only area you really question. And I would say it's very similar to Andy Dalton. So it should be an upgrade in almost every area of quarterbacking other than that. And that's okay because when you look at the best quarterbacks in the league over the last 20, 25 years, whether it's Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Drew Brees, they all had those other features in their game without having a cannon for an arm. Simply put, Joe Burrow is the most influential recruit in LSU football history. In leading the Tigers to the 2019 National Championship, Burrow was fantastic, shattering school records and setting national marks that may not be touched. 5,671 yards and 60 touchdown passes for Burrow while completing 76% of his passes. His arm strength won't wow you, but Joe Burrow makes up for it everywhere else. His decision-making is elite, just six interceptions on the 2019 season. He's the son of a coach and a film room junkie. There's a story about LSU beating Alabama, getting back to Tus- from Tuscaloosa to Baton Rouge, and when Joe Brady, the passing game coordinator, got to LSU football ops that night to go get the cut-ups of the film, Burrow had already beaten him there. Burrow has very underrated athleticism. Not only was he a high school quarterback, he was also a high school basketball player. And his ability to move the chains with his feet is something that many have overlooked throughout this process. Burrow is a fierce competitor whose teammates love him, who rises in the biggest moments. Should Joe Burrow stay healthy, he will have a long, prosperous NFL career as a franchise quarterback. This is Matt Moscona of Locked on LSU, your source for LSU and SEC content every day. All right, Matt, there's the pick. Joe Burrow goes number one overall to the Cincinnati Bengals, and there's a lot to like about Joe Burrow. I think maybe if you're nitpicking, you can find some knocks here and there about arm strength, which in some cases is completely overrated, and uh, I I like what was said by many smart NFL people in the past that the quarterback position isn't so much played with your arm once you get to the NFL level. It's played from the neck up, and I think that's where Joe Burrow really shines. Yeah, absolutely, and he he is a good athlete. He has a remarkable head and poise and confidence for the game, processing, accuracy. He does not have a power arm, 
And that worries me a little bit considering the area of the country he's going to when it's sleeting and windy and, you know, in the NFC North and late in the year. We'll see how he deals with that, but that by no means would slow me down from making such a pick. He's a tremendous prospect. More Locked On NFL Draft special coming up. The Washington Redskins are now on the clock with the second selection. All right, that's the end of our show today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks to Colton for making some time for the show. Thanks to you guys for listening as always, reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcast. We will be back tomorrow to talk about Michigan State potentially being in the lead for a really good basketball recruit, Matt. Oh, God. Oh, things are happening. We'll talk about it on tomorrow's show. Matt, take us home. Another week. Let's just let's just kick this one in the rear, guys. This is going to end eventually, and we're one week closer. Woohoo! So on. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.